Second Timothy chapter three and verses sixteen and seventeen. Second Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Last time that I had the Sunday school slot, it's been a few weeks now, um, but um, but I began a series on on what we believe, and today I'm continuing that with what we believe about the Bible, and uh, and and this is the second this is the second part of what we believe about the Bible. Last time we kind of spent uh, a good deal talking about the uh, 66 books of the Bible, and I spent some time uh, kind of diving in and talking about uh, uh, some of the other books that people sometimes come up with and uh, some of the other books that were written. I even spent some time pointing out that there are some books that are mentioned in the Scriptures that aren't inspired, but they're mentioned there. And, uh, and I talked about how we got our Bibles and uh, that sort of thing. Today I want to go a little bit further with some of some of those thoughts, and um, uh, of course, uh, uh, the inspiration of the of the scriptures. We spent some time on that, and I just want to remind you that the Bible is God's word. This is different than any other book uh, or set of books, because really that's what the Bible is. The Bible is a collection of books, a library of books uh, that we have. Uh, the, uh, this is not just mere, merely uh, man's word. This is God's word. This is uh, God-breathed, inspired of God. And, um, and we thank God for that. But... There are distinct differences between the books. There's not contradictions, but there are differences, and we admit that. Um, in over in First uh, Peter chapter one, First Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that did... That did 
Let me start verse 12 over again. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. This uh, inspiration... This inspiration was uh, accomplished uh, in a in a miraculous uh, miraculous way, yet not in a way that was that would impair the reality of human agency. Uh, it's manifest in the revelation of personal peculiarities and temperament or strife or vocabulary. Um, we, uh, we can go in and we can read and we can study. And after a while, after you begin to read and you study and you begin to become familiar with your Bible, you begin to realize that there are writing differences between the writings of of Paul versus the writings of uh, Peter. The writing style of of David is different than the writing of Solomon. You begin to see that over in the book of Psalms, chapter 68. Verse 11. Psalm 68 and verse 11. The scripture here says, The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. God's word. This book that we hold in our hands. Ever stop and you think about how long the fact that a large number of men wrote it. This book is a collection, as I said, of 66 books, but they weren't all written at one time. Yes, the Word of God is forever in heaven, but it was written down by men in a period of 1,500 years. And yet, there's no contradiction. Not only was it over a period of 1,500 years, but not just one language. Right? Primarily Hebrew and Greek.
but they all didn't have the same background. They all didn't have the same life. Some were rich, some were poor. Some some were uh, living one one place, others in another place. But yet, uh, no contradiction at all. One of the statement of faith that I was looking at said that this inspiration is not in different degrees, but extends equally and fully to each part of the Bible, whether it be historical, legal, poetical, prophetical, or doctrinal, extending even to the words themselves as found in the original manuscripts. In other words, there's different types of writings here some historical narrative in the book of genesis others poetical like the psalms there's prophecy like the book of daniel or or revelation there's doctrinal and get into things like the book of Galatians or Ephesians, right? But all of it, every bit of it, it's all inspired. One part isn't more inspired than another part. We can't say, well, this part is more inspired than the other part. You know, some some groups that the, 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 they'll get kind of heavy on one part or another. And what 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 happens? What happens to a to a person if if he doesn't have a well balanced diet physically? Well, he's malnourished, right? He's malnourished. Young Josiah over there, if he had his choice, he would eat rice all day long. That's all he would eat is rice. He told me yesterday that when he grows up, he hopes to go get a job at at uh, Old Times Buffet. And that if he gets a job at Old Times Buffet, he'll love it because of the rice. But if, if he goes to Old Times Buffet and all he eats is rice, he'll be very malnourished. But you know, that happens sometimes spiritually because there are people and churches and groups that get into the Word of God and they find a favorite, a hobby horse, a pet doctrine. And that's where they settle in. Maybe it's prophecy. Maybe it's the doctrine of election. Perhaps it's something about the church. Maybe it's creation. Wherever it is, they settle there and that's what they teach. And they forget about the rest of the Bible. Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. 
You see, all of the Bible is inspired. It's all been given. Our text told us. There in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We can't emphasize this enough. In, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter, chapter 3. <clears throat> Verse 16, all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All of it. It's very hard for for us to get it all on Sunday mornings. It's difficult for us to get it all on Sunday and Wednesday. And that's why it's important for us to feast on the Word of God throughout the week and wherever we can. Whenever we can and however we can. And so I encourage you, I encourage you to read your Bibles daily. Study your Bibles daily. Uh, have have a Bible reading plan if you don't have one. Do do it. Um, if it's hard for you to read it, uh, just with the 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 paper Bible, get a uh, get an audio Bible and follow along that way. But read from your Bibles. Start with Genesis and go all the way through. It's very beneficial. Very beneficial that way. In Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter 5 and verses 17 and 18. Jesus, when He came, some thought that He had come to destroy the Old Testament. But notice what He says there in Matthew 5 verses 17 and 18. He says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And when Jesus came, He didn't make the Old Testament null and void. The Old Testament was and will always remain the Holy Scriptures, same as the New Testament. It's divinely inspired. Over in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Verses 15 and 16. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds and of 
as of many, but as of one into thy seed, which is Christ. Those Old Testament promises that we read about, they're relevant. They're relevant still. The promises, for instance, that were made to Abraham did not die with Abraham, were made to his seed. No one can disannul it. It's inspired of God. We see Paul many times and others as they make that connection. To the church of Corinth, for instance, he said these things were written for your example. Many times as I'm reading the New Testament, I wouldn't understand the New Testament if it weren't for the Old Testament. And I thank God for the fact that we have the Old Testament. And so the whole of the Scriptures, that's what I'm trying to say, the whole of the Scriptures is important. And so it's good for us to never neglect any part of the whole of the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 34... Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 16. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail, none shall want her mate. For my mouth hath commanded and his spirit hath gathered them. Not one passage of this holy scriptures will fail ever old testament new testament genesis to revelation all 66 books of the bible god's word that's what we've got more precious than gold sweeter than honey whatever subject the bible touches on we can trust its accuracy if we really believe that God knows everything, then His Word must not contain any errors. Whether we need to know who God is or how to be saved, whether we need to know how to raise a child or how to behave in this world, every bit of it can be found right here in the Word of God. Before we consult Anyone else or anything else, we ought to go to God and His Word. There are many examples that we can find in the Scriptures. For instance... When we think about the history of the world, where should we go? Should we go to man who was not around when the world began, or should we go to God and His Word? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible begins with this In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we have the record 
of how the earth was made. Somebody says, well, that seems pretty far-fetched. That God would create the world. Everything that there was. The way that He said it happened. Over in the book of Exodus chapter 20. Right there in the midst of the Ten Commandments. It's summed up like this. Exodus chapter 20 verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Somebody said, man, that sounds really far-fetched. How will you believe that? By faith is my answer. By faith in God and His Word. Isn't that the way the writer of Hebrews put it? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It's by faith. Faith in God. What's the alternative to believing this? Well, the alternative, the world says, is science. But that's a lie. The alternative is faith too. The difference is it's faith in man. Because science is observation. That's what science is. And observational science has never observed the creation of the world because nobody was there. And so what we're left with is faith versus faith. And... As far-fetched as what it seems this is, let me tell you a different story. The different story is that millions and millions of years ago, there was a great big bang. Something exploded. And from that, everything came to be. Starting with a tiny one-celled creature and a bunch of ooze. And in time, in time, it eventually climbed out of the swamp and became a ape-like creature and then eventually became a human. That's the simplified story. Then you start getting really complex. Blood vessels. I think I put the video up on Facebook the other day. Why would blood vessels 
evolve. If they evolved before the blood, why would they evolve? And if the blood evolved first, where, what would the blood do? And there's lots of complex things that happen like that. The body is very complex. It's much more simple to believe what the Bible says. If, if evolution were true, there should be something in the fossil layers that tell the story, but there isn't. It's a lot easier to have faith in God and His Word than what it is to have faith in man's Word. There's all sorts of things that we find, uh, scientific discoveries and things like that. Psalms chapter 8, verse 8. We live, we live next to the coast, and so I think about this one very often. David wrote, well, let's start up here with verse uh, uh, 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through, the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In the 1800s, there was a man by the name of Matthew Murray. He's now known as the father of oceanography. He read, he read this. He reasoned that if God said there were paths in the seas, there must be. You should be able to find them. And sure enough, he was able to map the ocean currents that we know about today. In 2015, I was able to, there was a, I, I was able to visit Richmond, Virginia, and they had a, a monument to him, and, and I was able to read about some of those things. Unfortunately, Matthew Murray, uh, I say unfortunately, but uh, uh, sadly his, his monument got taken down because Matthew Murray also fought for the Confederacy, and they, uh, the city of Richmond took down his monument back uh, about three years ago but but he was he was a believer he believed the word of god he trusted god's word and he said this must be true there's got to be paths in the seas and he and he he mapped that out he studied that out and he found he found you see he was a scientist not not just some religious 
not like they try to make us out to be today. In uh, in Genesis, let's let's go to Acts chapter seventeen for time's sake. Acts chapter seventeen and verse twenty six. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God's word is true. And it's interesting to me that. Some of the worst things that have ever happened to human beings in the name of race have happened because of evolution. Whether it's uh, Darwinism, uh, or rather not Darwinism. Darwinism is evolution. But um, the the things that happened with with um, the Jews and the Holocaust um, the African slave trade there have been times in our own history when Africans were put on display in zoos like animals and all sorts of things. What was the reason? Well, it was said, it was said that the white race or the German race, depending on what you're talking about, was the more evolved race. God's word says that he made of one blood all nations of men. You know what scientific studies have found? That we're all related. DNA has determined that. That there was a, that we, that we all descended from the same persons or groups, the same woman. We know from the Bible that the human race got bottlenecked. And that happened at the flood when Noah. And his family got on board the ark. And all the people of the earth were killed except for that one family. And from that one family, all the people of that, 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 that are alive today 
came from there. Every time something like that is discovered or comes up, all, all we can do is grin and smile because that's what, that's what God's Word has said. Over in the book of John chapter 3, John chapter 3 and verse 12, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? God's Word is not a science book. It's not a history book. But where it speaks of science, where it speaks of history, where God speaks on these things, He's true. He speaks the truth. And so we can trust Him. We, we can trust Him on these things. He's accurate all the time. Sometimes God's Word will tell of a... Of a uh, in the Old Testament, especially this will come up. Uh, sometimes He'll speak of a, a, a nation... And the, and, and, and the historians will say, well, that nation never existed. But then after a while, the archaeologists will find evidence. The Hittites are a good example of that. You get into some real old books about the Bible and say the Hittites never existed. The Hittites didn't exist. The Bible's wrong. The Bible's wrong. And now all of a sudden, the archaeologists found evidence of the Hittites. Are we surprised? Well, we shouldn't be. God's Word said it. We don't need the archaeological evidence to know that God's Word is true. Romans chapter 3 and verse 4, and I'll bring this to a close with this thought. Romans chapter 3 and verse 4. Well, let's start with verse 3. He says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in the sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Let God be true and every man a liar. Hey, there may be some things that may come up and, and, and man may sound very convincing with his argument. The National Geographic types, the atheist types, those guys, the skeptics on TV, the people you come into contact with, the world and all that, they may come up with some stuff. The science, quote-unquote, but if it contradicts the plain reading of God's Word, 
we must hold fast on the Bible, even though the world might think that we're strange, weird, or crazy. What do you mean you believe God created the world in six days about 6,000 years ago? That sounds crazy. What do you mean you believe you believe that there's Hittites? What do you mean that there's paths in the seas? God's Word says so, right? And, and those guys that stood to those things, we thank, we thank the Lord for them. And we must stand true to that. You know, even now, the Lord's coming back. There's scoffers right now today who laugh about that idea. They say, where's the promise of your king? Where is Jesus? He's not here yet. But I'm telling you, He is coming. Jesus said He's coming. The Bible says He's coming. There's prophecy after prophecy that says He's coming. We can, we can take Him at His word. There's atheists out there that says, where's God at? There's no God. We know He's real. The evidence is all around. I know He's real because He saved me. I know He's real because He lives within me. I know He's real because He's with me. I know He's real because I have His word. Stand strong. Be encouraged. No matter how ridiculous it sounds to men, we can stand on God's inspired Word. And I thank God that He has preserved it for us. And even in our, in our language. And I encourage you, get in this Word. Know it. Study it. Daily, we need it more and more, even in these wicked times that we live. May God add a blessing to His Word.